Hi, everybody, and welcome to the podcast. We have an amazing show planned for you today. But first, we have a big announcement that we wanted to share with you. We here at the Choking Hazard Podcast have partnered up and are now officially sponsored by Spirit Leaf Waterdown. At 64 Hamilton Street, it's just 30 minutes west of Peel Region. Spirit Leaf Waterdown has everything cannabis, ranging from many different THC products from flour, pre-rolls, oils, edibles, drinks, and if you're looking for CBD options, they just have as many products. Alex's team is extremely knowledgeable and help you out with all your needs. And here's the best part. If you go visit them, follow them on Instagram, mention the podcast, they're going to give you 10% off your order every time you go and shop there. They even have a click and collect option on their website. Go www.spiritleaf.ca, locate the Waterdown store, and do your shopping and get yourself ready for pickup. The holidays are fast approaching, so pick something up for yourself or as a gift for somebody. So it's Spirit Leaf Waterdown location only. Follow them on Instagram, mention the podcast, and remember, you have to be 19 or older, and you're going to get your discount 10% off every time you shop there. We are also sponsored by Project XGuard. Project XGuard is an amazing program run by Raul Chavez, which helps underprivileged kids in the community of the GTHA and beyond to help them get started in jiu-jitsu when that might not be an option. Jiu-jitsu is for everyone, and we wanted to let everybody know that there are some great schools that are involved in this program and are helping spread that message. So if you know somebody who might benefit from this program, Look up Project XGuard or reach out to us. We'll help you get connected and we'll help you get those kids connected and started into a Jiu-Jitsu program. Thanks, everybody, and enjoy the show. I was going to say, th- we're, this is a very supportive podcast. So if you're transitioning. He fed music in the if, house. <laughs> if, you're, if you're transitioning, I support your decision 100%. <laughs> he fed music. That's right. That's right. I haven't changed that since. Uh, you have not. That's all right. So, uh, multiple P-fed, identities. P-fed. So he fed music. What is, is, what is that? Is that just because I don't know the story? I'm so. trying to corner. I'm just trying to corner the market on all things P fed. So BJJ ah. music in case I one day decide I want to do one of those things. I thought, you know what? No, I, I was, um, I was a, like a full-time musician, singer songwriter for, I don't know, six years, five years, something like that. I'd had enough of my career as a social worker and uh, I'd always, uh, I'd always been writing. And I just decided, you know what? I'm just going to do this full time. So that became my gig, man. I was I was just playing everything I could possibly play, like weddings, fucking wineries, bar, bar bars, mitzvahs, bar mitzvahs <laughs> funerals, whatever, anything that would anything that paid. And then I would tour across like Canada and parts of the states trying to trying to do my own thing as well. So. Yeah, Very man, nice. was, I, I actually just changed my Instagram because I started Instagram as a musician. And I thought, you know, because all my passions in life, jujitsu, music, all these things, none of them make money, but I, you know, so there's a trend, <laughs> there's a, there's a trend there that I seem to have. I was saying story, that's my story of my life. I'm kind of feeling like, feeling like that with this podcast right now. I think, <laughs> yeah. we're, I think we're still, yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. we're, we're well in the red right now. Like, uh, the, Yo, like we're, we're losing more money than Aaron's <laughs> losing hair on the top of his head right oh, now. It's just, it's, 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 it's true, but you know what? If you don't think about the money, it's just it's whatever. <laughs> well, look, you know, the, the the beauty of it is, is that, yeah, you're going to spend some money. The problem with something, it, 
podcasting is a lot like music, right? Lots of effort, lots of energy, lots of content. And people are just like, you know, you get a support base, but you're not going to, people aren't, you're not making money. And it's like, you just have to keep grinding at it because sometimes that tipping point happens, but at least you can produce what you're doing a great product with, you're not spending a ton of money in a studio. And because anytime I'd record a record, it would be like, you know, 10, $15,000, and so a lot of the money I was making was just recycling back into, you know, so you guys are on the right track though, for sure, man. No, a hundred percent. And I think it's like, like I enjoy it. Right. Like I have, yeah. I love having, I was talking about it actually with somebody earlier. Cause we we're talking about zoom calls and like, Oh, it's such a grind on a zoom call. But I'm like, you know what? I actually enjoy yeah. doing podcasts on a zoom call because now I'm able to expand it. Like, meet a whole bunch of other people within the city and it's more convenient for other individuals to get on a call and do xyz rather than okay i need you to come to the studio or i gotta yeah. go to you or something like that i mean ideally again this is a long-term thinking where you want to have a space where you sure, can do absolutely. things and then bring people in because then the experience can be so much better because then you can actually have a full-out conversation for X amount you you can read all the feelings of an individual yep. and have a different type of again the conversation is just different and then you can have sure. beers or you can go for a roll after or whatever obviously in a pre post COVID world yeah. but yeah, yeah we'll figure out all that sure but I mean that's I think the beauty of what you're doing though too is that it's like a studio will will be nice and will help but you're still the same it's your personality and your that you're selling and so that can come through on a Zoom call or. I know studios are cool and I would certainly strive for that, but at least like they're still entertaining as hell and great the way you're doing them. So there's, it's not like, well, if I can't get into a studio, I can't do it. You just make do and, and it's still great. No, you know? Exactly. Thank you. Thank and you. I, we appre- I appreciate that because it is so extremely hard working with Aaron's complete and utter <laughs> lack of talent. <laughs> Listen, I was saying he needs to get a host that's on time for the meetings He's just, this guy's late. He's showing up whenever he's, you know, he's over there fucking drinking, doing whatever. Listen, I'm, I'm Dennis Rodman on the 1998 Chicago Bulls. I know what I need to do. I need to show up and I need to collect boards. That's what I got to do. Yeah. I was going to say of all the people I was going to compare you to Dennis Rodman really was, was at the top of my list there for sure. Who was, who was second? Um, I, I didn't have a second. It was just Dennis Rodman or bust, yeah. man. It was- okay, so your list was <laughs> yeah, yeah, Dennis was- Rodman, Dylon, Dylon, <laughs> Dylon, Dylon, because yeah. I spit hot fire. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Aaron, would this be yeah. a good time to plug some sponsors that we have? No, we're not. I re- you don't read my messages. We're not doing sponsors. We're going we to wait. Plug I read them within in the context of the podcast. This, this episode is brought to you by PFED Music available now at fine retailers everywhere so there's, there's just just throw my music plug in there and we'll call it even do you have a wedding coming up a no dude coming oh, up with dude. 50 or less people yeah no no i haven't played and i haven't played a show in years in years that music that's right can, tear, can build the house and then tear it down all exactly in, in the same <laughs> night in the same night yes not a lot of musicians can uh, can pull that one up no, most certainly not. Oh my god! So we were we were just talking before you hopped on, uh, Mike, especially because um, you're late all the time. But yeah. we were talking. Uh, this is the first time I've been late in like two months. We did like Whatever. half a pot. We did have like half a we podcast half- already. Yeah. 
but it, when we were talking about like being pulled into red, but like obviously during the first lockdown, like you started your podcast and uh, we yeah. kind of, I think we both started our podcast at the same time. So Similarly. like what kind of like got you decided to go, okay, hey, I'm going to start a podcast as well. So I, mostly mental mental stability was the goal because I was literally <laughs> not seeing any human beings. And I thought this isn't going to end well if I don't just, you No, know, it's funny because I didn't, I never really intended to do it. I just started, it evolved out of like, PJ was going through a rough time, you know, pure clothes, but like, you know, he had a flood and the whole bit. And so when we shut down, I was trying to like, what can I do to sort of just contribute somehow, even if it's small. And I just started recording uh, technique videos that I was doing on Mm -hmm. YouTube once a week or whatever that I'd give to him that he could post. And then, and then after that, I was like, I did Q&A and people were like, oh, you should try doing a podcast. And so it evolved from just that. And I thought, you know, because the first like eight episodes I have of my podcast are basically just me rambling on about topics that people ask me about by myself. Yeah, and solo then, cast. Now that that takes some talent. So <laughs> I don't, I'm not sure how, how well those went, but I, I made it, made an attempt at it. But honestly, like it was a coping strategy for me mentally because I wasn't, I wasn't doing so well because I'm sure like you guys, you rely on this sport for so much more than just the, 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 the rolling or whatever. It's like the community, it's the social aspect, it's the exercise. And like, I was, I was just like, I wasn't doing so well. And I thought it's an easy way to talk to people. It gives me something to, when I'm sitting at home and I'm not working, I'm on CERB, I can chop up videos. And it really just gave me a sense of momentum and it really helped the time pass you know because i was like sitting at home being like you know when can i go back to train and it just kept getting worse and worse you know that was i think that was one of the main reasons why like me and aaron actually did discuss about uh a few times about doing a podcast at some point and then you know we we were uh we were at home sitting on serbs shout out that's one of our podcast sponsors by the way cerb (laughs) justin trudeau (laughs) liberal party of canada Shout out to the Serb. Shout out to Serb and, uh, you know, keep my bills paid. Yeah, that's amazing. Podcast ain't doing anything, but, but hey, but me and Aaron, we started very similarly as well, where we were talking one day and like we're sitting at home. It's like, hey, remember that podcast that we keep talking about that we should do? Like, we should just do it. Yeah. I think our first, I don't even know what our first episode was about. I think it was just me and Aaron just ranting for about an hour. It It was the same thing. Well, that's cool. But I like you guys. What you do is you do like your interviews and then you've got like Matt chat and stuff and you've got it's really cool to just sort of add different formats, you know. But yeah, it's just I wanted I just didn't want to come out of this in like a month or two months or six months or a year and just be like, I literally accomplished nothing. So it was like just a way to kind of like stay productive. And it wasn't really with any aspiration of like making money or getting it big it was just like i just need something and that's kind of where where it came from you know no i i agree like because i think my my wife will only listen to me so much or when i talk to jitsu <laughs> yeah and exactly like, i can't get on the phone with mike to talk about it so i was like we gotta talk to other people because sometimes me and him have different opinions on certain things so i was like right. okay let's get somebody else to talk about it, something else yeah so it, it, i think this is a great format and i think it's we're growing again like I tell everybody all the time, like we're white belts in this. We're still learning yeah. as we're yeah. going, yeah. but we still the are. idea is, and again, it's a 
we're still trying to figure out a lot of different ways to kind of make it bigger and obviously how to have different guests on. I think as we start to, and again, it's all about consistency. As long as we just keep doing it, we're going to get better eventually. And then having guys like you on there and getting bigger, that's the goal eventually. Well, it's, you guys are already, I mean, you could consider yourselves white belts, but I think you guys are doing like a great job. Like you're not, you're not spazzing out, rolling around like, uh, like most white belts I know doing a podcast. You guys just have good personalities and that's, I mean, you know, Aaron, maybe Aaron not. just got his black belt. He's still spazzing around. Like oh, that's belt. right, dude. Cong- <laughs> congratulations. Was that, Thanks, was that buddy. like, was that a zoom promotion? Did your, did your instructor? No, I, I was, uh, we were it was an illegal. It was an illegal <laughs> training promotion. It was fake yeah, yeah. news. <laughs> no, it wasn't illegal at all. We had the right. The photo was doctored. Infowars.com. That was the only, only the only promotion that resulted in an arrest at the same time. So it was a, a, bit, <laughs> a, bit, a bittersweet day for Aaron. <laughs> yeah. No. It was. It was. Uh, you know what? It was actually really cool. Um, I had a feeling something was going on, but. Um, it was again, like it was an interesting feeling, especially when I finally got that black belt and I was just like, wow, like this is, and then it was like, okay, without what? Yeah. It no. like, <laughs> it's like, okay, I got it. I did. I wanted this for a long time. And now it's like, okay, now I got to really think about what's my next step. Like, what am I working towards next? And I'm still trying to figure that out, but I, I mean, it's the growing process. It's you got so your black weird. belt. You could, sorry, go ahead. No, no, it's just such a weird, like, yeah, I was talking to Sam Yos about it, and he kind of wrote, like, when he got his, I think it was last year, almost a year ago, and he was just sort of like, he felt lost a bit, and and it's so true, because it's like, you know, as much as it's not about the belt, it is sort of a built-in kind of, you know, goal, like, you know, so it's like, and I think it's weird when you get there, because I think what I expected it to be, like when I would get there versus the reality of it is just different and it's like oh this keeps changing and there's more and more to learn and mm-hmm. I still have so much that I want to improve at and have to improve at and it's like it's it's a weird because it's it that's I understand now when people kind of say like they're just starting in a way because it feels like you're really just kind of getting a grasp on on the whole thing because <laughs> it's like yeah no so, trust me like I like there's tons of stuff where like I'll be like slightly looking at stuff and I'll try something different. And you're like, I've been doing this strong for a very long time. Like there's the lights finally coming on because I understand it a little bit more. And, and this is your black like, belt. This is your black belt in Aikido. Is that, is that, if I'm not mistaken, is that the one you just got? Oh no. Well, it's, in, uh, <laughs> no. it's a black belt in take, take, take your dough. I mean, take your do- <laughs> yeah. You learn. Yeah. You got your, that. Yeah. You're, you learned how the, the death touch. <laughs> Congra- congratulations. You check cleared. Here's your belt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. No, no, I'm kidding, man. That's a, but yeah. No, like, but so it, it, sorry. And all no, seriousness no. though, uh, congratulations to Aaron officially a black belt. He's wanted us a long time. Yeah, man. I usually, I usually get a bunch of random text messages as much as it's it's not about the belt, sometimes Aaron messages me like late at night. Sometimes like too late. My wife thinks like I'm cheating on her. And yeah, with, who's with texting Aaron? you at two a.m.? No, it's Aaron. He's he's complaining that this person got their black belt and he's still a brown belt. He's still yeah. complaining. <laughs> I don't never fucking said that. Yeah, <laughs> you got to publish those tweets. You got to publish those all those messages. Yeah, no. 
But Mike has been sandbagging for like the last little bit. Yeah. Like he just got promoted to a brown belt last year. So don't oh. even get me started on that. <laughs> look at this. Look at that that smile, that laugh. He knows it too. He's like, yeah. Uh, there's so much of that, man. Oh my God. I've met so many people. Uh, you know what's insane? I just saw on Instagram, Carlos Condit just got a purple belt. from. How is that even possible? The guy's been doing jujitsu for like 25 years or something i was like he's he was a blue belt this whole time get the fuck out of here with that come on man i think it's safe to say that the two most underpromoted people in the history of jujitsu are carlos content and apparently michael Breyers, according to him yes exactly well i had a list because i i was you know oliver taza and ethan krellenston were the two biggest sandbaggers in canada probably or or up there anyway (laughs) Did you guys see they finally got promoted to their black belt? Oh, well, yeah. Yeah. They just got promoted uh, just like last week or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Nikki Ryan, yeah. too. Yeah. What do you guys – I'm interested in your take on this. What What do you guys make of this whole debate around, you know, anytime a Nogi person gets promoted, if you go to the comments, it's always like, what the – this is so stupid. It's not the same thing. What What do you guys – What what are your opinions on this idea of – Guys like Gordon Ryan, Nikki Ryan, Oliver Taz and them not really training in the gi at all and getting black belts. Do you agree, disagree? Do you think it's it's something that we should f- push back against? Do you like it? Well, like, for example, like Eddie Bravo got his black, he got his black belt. He has his own system, 10th mm-hmm. planet. He gives black belts in no gi. I mm-hmm. think that's perfectly fine. Um, you're, if you're doing no gi and if you're a black belt in that, and that's what you're doing and that's what you're competing in and that's what you're winning, you know, titles in an 80, you know, 80 CC championships in, then, you know, who, who am I to say that, Hey man, you should put on a gi. What's wrong with you. But the thing is like most of the overwhelming majority of those guys have trained gi and then yeah. pretty much once they get the brown belt, black belt, and they're trying to do like, you know, more, you know, trying to do like 80 CC and they're focusing more on that. And, that's what they're making their career out of. Right. They're, they're doing that. So like, what's, I don't know. I don't, I personally don't have an issue with it. I don't know what Aaron's Aaron's take on it is. Yeah, no, I was going to say, I'm like, these guys are athletes, right? And if they're training in the gym, like every single day to be a competitor and on the world stage, and that's what they're doing. And again, like they said, they probably were training in the gi for a while before they moved into no gi because that was the avenue for them to make revenue and make money. I mean, I don't see a problem with them getting promoted to a black belt. I mean, especially even if they were to put on a gi and they beat the guy in a gi. I mean, yeah, I think what's the, what's the point then? Why are we arguing about it? That's my opinion on it. I think it, I don't think that athletes should be held to the same standard as regular folk though. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I think regular folk who are the practitioners are training to do X, Y, Z, let's say for self-defense and whatever. And let's say right. a guy's been training for 20 years. I mean, you can't hold him to the same standard of an athlete who trains every single day yeah. and say, Oh, well you can't have your black belt because you're not on gordon ryan's level i'm like yeah. that's not fair you know what I, mean? I like I, I agree with that but even like bringing a step back it's like you have somebody who's like an 18 year old blue belt who's like trying to be like a world champion gi no gi you know what, whatever he's training you can't compare that to like a doctor who's in his 40s who's just training jujitsu competitively exactly. you, can't, you can't promote the two people the same yeah well that's the that's the interesting thing and it's funny like it seems it's 
I'm not going to name names. I've just, we've had guys that came to Pura that were from really big gyms and some of the coaches were great. And some of them were not, especially like there was a chip on their shoulder because they maybe were a Brown belt or something. And they're rolling in a, in a group of, with us that maybe one of our guys was a Brown, but, but he was like, you know, he was a hobbyist or whatever. Right. And there was, there was like, um, there was a bit of uh, resentment there I'll say. And so I think it's inherently problematic when you only have basically like four belts, right? Like how on earth do you, do do you separate people? Like, do you think we should be adding another belt or another stripe on these things? It just seems because we're getting to this weird point where you could have a black belt or a brown belt or whatever color. One guy's elite world-class and he's training seven times a day. And then you get a guy that's training twice a week and they they both end up at the same belt. Do Do you think that that's, problematic because i think it builds in some resentment that i've seen from from a lot of people yeah it comes to striping like but again i don't think they should have a like i'm talking the mcdojo system where it's like every six months you're getting a stripe because yeah, hey, you're exactly class and this and that i mean like i think jujitsu has always been a problem where you don't, can't really figure out a curriculum system to like okay what is required for and again nobody's really said this is what you need to know at white belt yeah strength. exactly yeah this is what you it, it all becomes people's opinion and again the level of jujitsu has just gone up so much within the yeah. last five years oh it's so crazy. like you can't go off the old okay like the the bearing system bearing system had a certain hey this is what you need to know as far as progressive guard yep. then you can get graded and i remember shop franco was always really good where he's like listen i'm not gonna give anybody a black belt unless they know how to strike and they know how to fight on the ground because it's like, if you can't defend yourself on a standing position part, like, I'm not saying you need to go out there and light. Bro, out you just pull, just pull worm guard. What are you talking you about? You just got to bang, bro. <laughs> you just, just got to bang. Just bleed, just bro. Just let me bang, bro. <laughs> but, just let but me you bang. Have to, I, think, I think it's written in the brown belt requirements somewhere. I'm pretty sure I saw that in Hickson's self-defense uh, thing. Just just stage one is just let me bang, bro. Just let me bang. Chapter one. Just... <laughs> you, I got my green belt and let me bang, bro. Forward written by by the guy on top who yelled just let me bang bro wasn't he crying wasn't he didn't he end up crying too and he's like, let me bang what was that guy's name i don't remember, remember. i feel like i i know like i know his face to see it but i can't remember what his name was but that was yeah he was like started all angry and then by the end of it he's like just let me bang bro did a big faux hawk yeah exactly um, sorry, you know but you were, you were saying like kind of there's no, that. Just, yeah. It was just like that. That was kind of the system that I always knew where it was like you had to know some form of striking or being able to have confidence on the feet, but then also on the floor as well. Because again, everything starts standing, right? So it was always that idea is like you need to know at least something in a stand up part and then yep. obviously on the ground part. But and that, it's, I, cha- it's just changed so much. Like, I mean, everything's changed. I mean, every, every interview I talk, I hear, like I listen to Faraz Sahabi cause I was kind of like, you know, what does he see as a blue belt? And even for us is pretty, he's hard to belt under. And he even said like, for me, he's like a blue belt is like what Helio Gracie said, where it's like, you should be, you should know enough to defeat a bigger, larger, untrained opponent. Yeah, mm-hmm. period that's it and so he gives it out on that but but his but his requirements to get the purple belt are very very difficult so it's like it just seems so hard to kind of figure out 
<laughs> what the hell we're supposed I, to be looking for at each level, you know? I think it, it comes down to the, it's very subjective. And basically yeah. it's person to person. They can have different standards. Some can be like, Hey, you stamp your card, you show up to class every few months, you get a stripe. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't know what your guys take on that is. I don't necessarily agree with that either. At the same time, it's like, should you have like a hard curriculum of like, you need to know this move or it basically just turns into like, hey, you got to memorize like a bunch of katas and moves exactly. and, and this and that. Yeah. And that's exactly the thing where it becomes like you have these big, you know, put, put on these big per performances kind of, so to speak, where you demonstrate technique. But just because you know them, does that mean you can use them well in, in, a, in, a, mm -hmm. in an actual grappling or self-defense situation? So it's weird. Every, like even gyms that I've been in with PJ, he's changed his approach and other instructors seem to have different ones. So it, it just seems like it's a situation where it's, it's just easy for people to get frustrated because you go from gym to gym to gym and you say, well, I'm a blue belt here, but these purple belts aren't that good or, you know, and, and vice versa. So it's, I just, I like to ask what people's opinions are on that. Cause I've seen a lot of people get sort of un you know, unhappy sort of with different promotions that, uh, you know they feel yeah i think it, it, that that's tough too because then you're dealing with people's like you know their egos and obviously yeah like they they, they want to progress a certain way and it's like oh i'm being held back because i don't know enough or and I, I think it's like you as a school you need to decipher okay what exactly are you are you whether are you a competitive school are you a yeah. hobbyist school are you this or you that and then like you lay your expectations on individuals that way i guess right because that yeah. way people walk again people always get angry when if they think one thing and then it turned out to be something else i'm like well you you think you're purple but you're not because of this and but mm -hmm. well i didn't know that i needed to train that right so yeah that's exactly. where the resentment comes in so i think that's why the expectations have to be somewhat clear but again i think there's so many different people have talked to where their gradings are just kind of nobody really knows the right answer. Yeah. Right. And they don't really know the right system. And I think everybody's just trying to do what they can that that works for them as their own individual group. And I guess schools try to compare each other. Well, we do it this way because of this and it'll never be the same. Yeah. Do you guys put a lot of stock? Like, do you feel that competition's necessary or do you feel that competition results should really factor in heavily to promotions? And do you think I don't that think the results should. I think people should try. Yeah. Yes. Right. I agree with that. I, th I always encourage people. I'm like, hey, you should go out and compete at least like once or twice and mm -hmm. see, you know, just test yourself. It's a part of your self development. So a lot of people say yeah. like, you know, like self defense is a very important part of jujitsu, which I agree with. And like, you know, knowing how to defend yourself, not just you know, not just in class against people who know jujitsu, but also against people who don't know jujitsu, because those two. Are, those two are very different people and they're going to react yeah. very, yeah, very it's, differently. It's just so let true. me bang, bro. Just, just let, let me bang. Just that let guy, me that guy's bang. name, by the way, is uh, Julian Lang. Oh, damn. Season what? 16 and 25 of the UFC's reality show, The Ultimate Fighter. <laughs> Did he... And it was arrested in October after cops found him asleep at the wheel at an intersection in Mainsfield, Ohio. That's they, right they just found him crying behind in a corner somewhere, yelling, just let me bang, bro. Just let me bang. <laughs> no, he was asleep doing it like, he's like punching air. Did he ever make it to the UFC or no? Did you say that he made it? No, he was on the Ultimate Fighter, I think. Twice. And then he didn't get it? But okay. he didn't make it, okay. He, uh, That's too bad. That's, That's, uh, 
man. A really I, a lost opportunity there for the UFC in terms of marketing. Yeah. They really they had something there that they just let him walk. They could have edited that. They could have made a good promo. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Oh my god. But um going back to the um the competition comment because yep. I think this is my opinion. If you're com- if you want to compete regularly in a belt and you're not succeeding in that belt, I think you need to stay there until you're you're being successful and then per- get promoted. Right? So if, like I say again, a lot of this stuff becomes luck of the draw too, right? You might Yeah, be a, it can be for sure. It can be, right? So yep. I mean, if you're traveling and you're getting good results at Purple Belt and then it's like, okay, maybe you just never won gold at whatever tournament, right? But you've been competitive, you've had good tournaments and then you've been at, I'm just using Purple Belt as an example, right? Like you've been at Purple Belt for four years and you're, you're smashing everybody in the club. Okay, well, it's time for you to move on to the next belt, right? But it, if you're like getting smashed at every single tournament at Purple Belt, like every first and, round. And exit, repeatedly no smashed in class and like you're just yeah. you know, stamping you're just stamping the card you're collecting classes and but hey as yeah, long as like you're stamp, as long as you're stamping that card right you got to get the but, classes. But again, it, <laughs> as long as you have your participation just, ribbon you, you'll get your belt but you know? but, but again it's, it's like what the level of competition are you doing right like yeah i i but that's subjective does it, does that person want to be moved up to the next level anyways right i mean like they're again you I, if I don't want to get moved and I'm not being successful and my, my professor promotes me and I'm like, no, I'm not ready to move yet. I want to win gold in purple. Then I, I don't know. Like it depends on the person, I guess. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think it's, you have to factor in a lot of things. I think it's, you know, how, you know, what, how are you doing in class? I know we joked about attendance a lot, but if you're not going to class, it is a, and you're not it is training. A yeah, it's absolutely you're not training. How the hell are you going to expect to yeah. get promoted? Like uh, it is yeah. a factor, but it shouldn't be the only thing that. Um, yeah. You're like, hey, you 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 have 50 classes. Uh, we gotta we gotta give you a stripe or a belt now, regardless of like how you're training, how you're learning, how are you developing, well, are it's... you competing? How well are you doing competing? Well, I've seen situations too where there's people that like they're great competitors, but they don't have a very deep game. Maybe they have, I don't know, maybe they have a great takedowns and some positional control and they can win a lot based on that, but they don't have a guard or they don't have all kinds of skills, but they do well in competition because the skills they do have are, are competition friendly for, you know, yeah. for lack of and, a and they, they execute those better than the other person does. Right. Yeah, exactly. So it doesn't necessarily mean the depth is there always like there's sometimes I think competing all the time, like you stay, narrowly focused on your sharpest tools it's not the best time to grow when you're perpetually competing mm-hmm. all the time so i agree i think there's a lot of a lot of factors in there that uh, come to play how, how do you feel especially like and again as we're talking about attendance in a class it's like what's your kind of opinion when obviously in a pre-covid world where there was cross training <laughs> and like yeah, yeah. Well, guys were going to different clubs and learning off of different people and all that like was that something that you kind of liked so you like to see more of, or was it kind of like, you know, it kind of stick to their own club, especially when it's like competition time. Like, well, you know, it's funny. Cause I ended up like, I haven't jumped around too much, but I, I started in Niagara and it was a small club and I, I got bumped up to purple belt really like fast. And this is back like in 2000, mid two thousands, 2006, seven, eight. Mm-hmm. And it was, 
it was terrible because that's, that's not a burden you want. You don't want to not be a purple belt, but be a purple belt in a time when not a lot of people have them. That's the worst possible yeah. scenario. And, uh, and so I ended up going to PJ's gym. That's how I found them. And I, I do kind of like the idea of the, having the freedom to, to cross train. Like I'm not the kind of guy that's going to go train at like a ton of different gyms, but it's, I don't, I don't like the idea of that. You feel sort of like, the gym owns you so to speak like i i won't go to people's gyms that i think there's any sort of like competitive rivalry or something like that or something that my instructor might not like like i'm not like that but i think it's good for people to kind of to to see what's out there a little bit because ultimately you want to be in a gym where it's the best for you and sometimes you end up resenting your instructor if maybe they they don't allow you to do that because then you, you, you always have this curiosity of what, what's, what's out there and that sort of thing. So I'm kind of all for it. I think if anything, it's helped build the community more over the years because I see a lot of people going to open mats at different gyms. And I, I think it's a good thing. I mean, like anything, it can go too far. Like I, I'm, I wouldn't, if I was the instructor, I wouldn't be crazy if one of my students was training at like five other gyms, like then it becomes a question of like, well, who are you trying to be under? But me, like I trained at Pura and Parabellum. And part of the reason I did that is because we didn't have a big Nogi program and that's where I wanted to compete. And Rory and them were doing something very different there. And Rory was under the umbrella of PJ because he trained at Pura. He started the Nogi program there. So I was at two gyms, but it was kind of a good situation that way because they weren't competitors. Uh, you're kind of still in the same affiliate and all that. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't know. I, I, like I said, like anything, I think you can, it can go too far, but I started under a coach that, that sort of talked a lot of garbage about a lot of other gyms and it just came off as being like insecure. And when I left and found these other gyms, I was like, Oh, no wonder he's talking shit. Cause they're really good. So it's like, I think you should feel confident as a gym owner in what you're providing. And if it's not right for a student, then let them, let them do what's best for them. You want to keep the people there that want to be there, you know? So that, yeah. that's kind of what I think about it. But what do you guys, what's your take on it? I think you, uh, you touched on a very important point because you, you start at a gym in Niagara. You don't have to name names or out them or anything, but like, <laughs> let's say we need names. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, <laughs> yeah it's like... of, but basically like what you're saying is like at the end of the day, like if you're, if you're a consumer or, you know, if you're a customer, like you have every right to go, Hey, you know what, this isn't yeah. what I'm looking for. I want to, I want to look somewhere else. And I think a lot of times people get roped into the, oh, there's the, the loyalty trap or there's like, oh, you can't leave because you're a traitor motherfucker or you're, uh, yeah. <laughs> or like that <laughs> thing. But like, if you're, you're, if you're a paying, Yeah. If you're paying somebody for a service and yeah. you feel that for some reason, like, hey, like this isn't the service for me or you're moving or for, you know, whatever reason, because like, where do you, where do you live currently, right? Are you still in Niagara or are you out? I, out, I live out in, in I, I decided to make a, the move to the big city. So I live in Grimsby and uh, <laughs> yeah. big no, city. well, it's, I ended up there because of music and my ex-girlfriend, she was, she didn't have a car and work there, but it also was a, a good strategic place because it got me closer to Pura where I was training, even though I was making the drive from Niagara, but as a musician, it put me in the catchment area of both Niagara and Hamilton. So when I would do uh. promotional stuff, I, I would get press coverage from Hamilton because I was considered 
part of Hamilton and I would get press coverage from Niagara. So I just felt the need to verify that because okay. people are always like, why the fuck are you in Grimsby? So, yeah. So I need to ask you a follow-up question with that. So, <laughs> okay. Ha- ha- yeah. okay. So yeah. we- I have to ask you Brampton, Hamilton, St. Catharines. You have to kill one. You have to marry one. You have to fuck. Oh one. my God. One, <laughs> one, which one smells the worst? I have to kill one, marry one and fuck one. Okay. Yeah. Um, I would kill Brampton. <laughs> <laughs> no Dang. offense Brant. no offense brampton i would probably i'm offended i'm from brampton oh man i would probably i'd probably just bang hamilton because it's just got that that dirty vibe to it <laughs> but some, not but you, not you do some meth in a back alley on yeah Martin exactly <laughs> yeah i don't i don't see myself living there but i I like Hamilton. Though, you might so. do a one night stand. I might, I might do like a, I might do, I might be in an open relationship with Hamilton and date and date St. Catharines on the side as well. Is that fair? That's fair. <laughs> you That's fair. Although, him. although like downtown St. St. Catharines is a little uh, haggard, I guess you can say. Yeah, man, I don't miss it. I don't miss it. I, 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 nothing against actually the scene in St. Catharines has grown a lot too. There's some fucking awesome guys there now. There were, there were, but it's just, it's grown so much, you know, but um, yeah, but I, I, I think I would probably end up marrying St. Catharines. <laughs> it's a nice, it's a nice city. It's kind of, you know, it'll be there for you when you're not feeling well. <laughs> Make you some soup. I mean, you're going to get COVID. I'm going to get cancer if I live in Hamilton due to Stelco. So I thought, you know what? Yeah. I'll just, I'll just... <laughs> so it's better for the long, long-term health. I think as I'm, as I'm drinking coffee and sipping diet Pepsi. <laughs> straight out of industrial sector k yeah yeah exactly exactly i'm not even sure what we were talking about before i went on that we, yeah, like, no, we jumped off the deep end with uh yeah the grims i just went a little too uh, what a I little too we're, hard i think we were talking about um going in into like okay oh so yeah, yeah you're a consumer oh, of jujitsu yes. Sometimes I have to get things back on the rails because Aaron always yeah. likes to derail things, unfortunately. One thing I just want to clarify. One thing I do want to clarify is I do I am a lo- like a loyal person. Like I I think, but I think there's a difference between like loyalty and blind loyalty, where yes, I blind blind loyalty meaning like, well, this is my professor, man. Like I know he slept with my wife, but like I got, you know, I'm, he gave me my purple belt. Like, it, 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 <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa! Who's your instructor? <laughs> this is what I'm talking about in Niagara. No, I'm kidding. Not that that didn't happen. You've been but I, I, it for your purple belt. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, bro, you got to do what you got to do. Bro. Um, no, but I, I like with PJ O'Sullivan, for example, like. I I've wanted to stay even through lockdown with the gym closing. Like I'm still with him. Like he signed off on all my stuff with the IBJJF and he actually started his own affiliation. Cause I didn't, I don't want to go anywhere else. Like, you know, he's my guy, but he was really cool with me training with Rory and them too. And it was just mutually beneficial. Cause I looked at it as a way to bring some information back to the gym and to help grow the Nogi program. And so I, I like it like that. I, do, I wouldn't, I don't want to be the kind of guy that's like, eh, this gym and whatever, I'm going to turn my back on them. If, if it's really bad and it's not anything what I need, then I don't think staying loyal to a gym that isn't helping you or serving you on any level doesn't really make a lot of sense, you know? No, especially if it's like a, a toxic environment where... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, 100%. I think, like we've said before, Mike and I have had a conversation with it. It's like, it's a consumer product, right? Yeah. Like, are you getting what you need out of that product, right? Because that's really what it is, right? 
because there's a lot of different places that train and there's a lot of different styles and different instructors. And if you're not feeling yeah. that what you need is what you're getting, you have to move on. Right. I, yeah. I don't think blind loyalty is, you should, you shouldn't punish yourself for that. Like if you respect your instructor, you'll have that conversation of like, okay, what am I not getting from this place to either help the instructor get better? Or maybe it's a, a skill thing. I, I don't know. Right. But I think it's like, instructors also need to put themselves and look at themselves and go, Hey, am I giving the best experience yeah, exactly. for all my students too? Mm-hmm. Right. Because again, it's not necessarily sometimes the students is sometimes the instructors, what's going yep. on with instructors. Why is nobody showing up to classes? Why? Is, yeah. Well, and it's funny too, because one of the reasons so, I've, I really like, take on it. that's one of the reasons I really like PJ and, and still, I almost feel more of a sense of loyalty to him because he was kind of like, he's like, look, you, you have to do what's best for you. Like he wasn't trying to hold me back. And I give him a lot of credit for that because that's helped me. That's what helped me grow was cross training. And so it, it made me feel better about him as a person to say, look, man, like if this is what you want to do, then do it. That's awesome. And he was excited about it. And I just thought, I just really respected that. I thought that was really cool. You know? You'll know, so, you'll me, know if your instructor, I think, has your best interests in mind. Like if you have those honest conversations, you can, you can, you can tell, yeah. like when you talk to PJ and you're like, Hey, you know, this is something I want to do. Is he openly supportive of that? Or yeah. is he, you, you can tell, you can tell immediately just by like the vibe and the conversation, but it's good that like you have, I think it's a big thing is just communication is, is yeah. so important with, with your instructor or like who, who you're training with or where you're training with. So if you have oh, that yeah. communication, these things shouldn't be an issue. Mm. Yeah. And that's, and then if people have a problem with it too, like I, I get that. Like I'm, I'm not going to like, if somebody says, look, I would prefer you not training there. And I say, look, it's where I want to be. And they're like, I, I get that. I just think everybody should kind of have the ability to kind of do what they want to do. And uh, I think it works out for the best that way. I've seen so much growth in the community because of that. Like the walls have been broken down. The the, the access to information flows so much easier. I just think it raises all of us because there's no secret in this gym. And that's, it's like, we can all benefit from it. And it just makes like, like you said, all the growth that's happened in jujitsu over the last five, 10 plus years is partially because of that people sharing resources and information. And now people are, in ideas are flying back and forth and techniques and details are, are improving like, but mm-hmm. with, with light speed, you know? So yeah. I think it's just good for everybody with the amount of DVDs out and the amount oh of like jiu-jitsu competition footage <laughs> out. Do you think there's going to be like that many secret techniques going forward? <laughs> and like, where there's like, Hey, we're going to do this top secret technique in 1995 in Rio. And we're going to like, Oh, you, we're only going to, we're only going to do this here. And then we're going to do it in a tournament. And like, like that's not going to happen now. Like the, the, no. the speed, the speed of information is, is so quick now with social media. And yeah, there were, there, you'll see a little bit of that, maybe like a new position here or there, but it's going to get it. But the biggest thing that got cracked, I think was the leg lock thing a little bit, because that was kind of always super taboo. And I think that you can even see it. Like when I first started watching, cause I got really into leg locks and it's like when I would first watch it, even world-class guys, their defense was just terrible. Like, cause they didn't, they didn't train it. They didn't understand it. So it's like that to me was really a missing piece, a glaring hole that I think now moving forward, it's going to be, you know, I don't think there's many pieces like that left where it's like, Oh shit, 
we can attack the legs. What? <laughs> so that to me was something that was really significant, I think, in, in breaking open the, the game a bit more, you know? I almost think there's like a rotation a lot of times. So like yeah. Dean, Dean Lister was heel hooking people like 15 years ago. And yeah. now Gordon Ryan's doing it. All the Danaher guys are doing it. They're just, you know, maybe setting it up a little bit of a different way. I think yeah. what happens a lot of times is sometimes what's old becomes new again. And then what's new yep. So like right now there'll probably be something like the next ADCC whenever that happens when everything gets cleared <laughs> up there'll be yeah. some new trend that's going to happen there yeah. like I, I in at the world there's going to be like this position but then there may have been doing it a little bit differently like 10 15 years ago there's going to be certain things that are going to make a comeback yeah well I mean it's I think the only slight difference is just that I think culturally it's such a shift because the leg lock game was always looked at as you know, cheap and, you know, and, and, and so that has been a big shift that the fact that the IBJJF is now <laughs> legalized them, like, holy shit. That's like a, that's like, it's like the government legalizing cocaine for God's sakes with these people. So what, what, what are your thoughts on that guys? Like, what do you, what, what's your take on this uh, new IBJJF stance? I, I think it's good. I think it's going to bring a lot more individuals into the competitions. I mean, I don't know how many more higher level guys you're going to get, especially if they're already making like pro money, for example. Yeah. So like, and then going into that. So maybe if it's one of those things they want to put on their resume, hey, mm -hmm. they, they're going to jump in there. But I think it's going to have to elevate a lot of people's game, right? And I think that's where the need for, again, I think one of the, things I'll credit Danaher is the, the amount of systems he's put out yeah. on these instructionals and as far as like how many different systems he has and these guys are learning different systems. So people are going to have to elevate their games to these systems that are already in play. Right. And again, you're seeing so many different people come out with different instructional for here. And then like BJJ fanatics has how many different instructionals and now uh, Keenan started the jujitsu X yeah. instructionals and all that, which I want to ask your opinion. Yeah. On yeah. For sure. But um, I think it's going to have to, everybody's going to have to level up for sure. I hope it, it gets better, but again, it's going to be like a question. Are they going to be able to do that in Canada? So now that they're yeah. bringing, bringing that tournament, is that going to open up the doors in Canada to have those submissions in the tournament or are they still going to be illegal? So I don't know. I, I heard some rumblings that it, it probably will be because there's they've always kind of followed the the IBJJF. So if if the yeah. if if the perspective of the heel hook has changed, then I hope so. And look, I'm not a it's funny because everybody like I'm big into leg locks and everybody thinks like I have some desire to like injure people, and it's not like that at all. <laughs> I mean like Aaron you know what has, I mean? Never... Aaron has a desire to injure people. <laughs> no, but I mean, only if they only if they piss me off. Yeah, yeah, and it's like I I think it's I think it's really good, and not because I want to see people get injured, but I just think it makes I think it, it's in jujitsu we talk so much about techniques being efficient and effective, and it's like the heel hook you could argue is among the most efficient and scales so well to size. Like you could take like a hundred and twenty pound person and like a huge guy's ACL or MCL is going to probably tear almost as easily as the smaller guys, you know? So, and that's yeah. not what I want to see. I mean, I've been introducing them at Pura for the last few years and I've got, um, it's really cool to see a lot of people training them. I and mean, we just don't, we aren't having injuries cause we don't, we just don't train them like assholes. You know what I mean? Like you can get quite good at them without, without, without injuring people. And it, I, don't, I just feel like people don't seem to think that that's possible. With great you know? power comes great responsibility. Yeah. Like, <laughs> 
No, it's one quote that I heard Eddie Bravo say early on when he was getting into it. He's like, look, if I'm a gym owner and a business owner and I'm allowing heel hooks and everybody's like, we're having tons of injuries. He's like that in and of itself would be like a mitigating factor. I'd be like, I can't do this because I'm losing students. I'm losing business, you know? So I I think it's, I think it's cool. I think it makes more jujitsu a little more fun. I think it makes it a little more multidimensional as opposed to, it's all about a pass. Like you can, you can incorporate the two. Like I think passing and leg locks can work together. Well, like it doesn't have to be, I only leg lock and that's it. It could be like Craig Jones is amazing at doing both. And you, it's, I just think it opens the game up, you know? And I like the idea that if you don't want to play it and you're in the gi, then you can play the gi game without them. I think it's kind of, it, it's, it's sort of a nice balance. I think a little bit, but. I think uh, I think heel hooking people in gi could be a potentially uh, uh, recipe for disaster, but yeah. I think no gi it will it will help to open up you know, a lot of different positions that uh, people are tend to get stuck in, like fifty yeah. fifty for example, or <laughs> so like that gives you a that gives you a weapon where you can't be you know you can't be lazy and just trying to like play for an advantage or like. Yeah. You know, pretend you're going to ankle lock somebody for a minute, make faces and then get up. Like, yeah. You want worlds. Yeah, make- you can't do stuff like that where, but now, and this is only at like a Brown and a black belt level. So, yep. so which, which I also agree with too. I think also reaping takes away a lot of the, there's, there's, cause I I've ref, I've refed a lot. I have a lot of uh, yeah. oh, I'm sure. experience refereeing and there's a lot of gray areas mm-hmm. where I want to, I want to make a public service announcement. I'm not trying to fuck anybody over when I'm refing. Sometimes there's a lot of gray areas. I see it one way. Paul may be coaching somebody and yelling at me and sees it a different way because you know, that's, that's his teammate. And yeah, it's, and people are biased, man. It's a hard job. Like I appreciate what you guys do. I just did the ref course with the IBJJF and buddy, like, I don't, I don't envy what you got to do out there because there's so many different ways to interpret like with scrambles and what, I mean, my God, that it's, it's a thankless job in a lot of ways. So no matter what, somebody's probably going to be pissed off. Yeah. No doubt. So, but with that said, like, uh, I think the rules help to open up a lot of things. Uh, I think especially Nogi, I think it's a good idea to, that they finally done that. I wouldn't necessarily do it with a Gion. I would probably say maybe get rid of some of like the reaping rules or keep them a little bit more clear. Cause there's so many different situations that I went over in a podcast, for example, with Aaron, where I can be going for a footlock and a, it can be a penalty for you. If you're trying to like shove my foot across, yeah, it can be a penalty for me. If I accidentally put my foot across, if I have an overhook on your foot, even if I'm just trying to secure, you can look like a footlock. And then if that's the case, and if I'm reaping you, then I should be disqualified. So there's a whole bunch just in that scenario alone, there's, three different calls that could have gone yeah. different ways. And it's up to me to interpret like what I'm seeing. And if I see it one way when intentional or not, I got to make a call one way or the other and people aren't going to like it. Yeah. Do you feel so like it's not in the nogi? It's, it's only, it's only nogi, right? It's not. Gi, correct? It's only nogi. It's only nogi. So the, but that, yeah, that holds true even for okay. reaping. Like they won't allow reaping in the, in nogi or in the gi. Sorry. I believe they haven't changed that yet, but I personally would like to see either the rules get more black and white. So it's just like, okay, 
that's a reap. This is a call. That's not a reap. Now, do you think that there's, I, do you think that there's, there's gray area in the rules so that they can kind of be biased when they need to against certain athletes? Do you believe that that's a case or do you think they're just trying to be as, as nuanced as possible? I think they're trying to be as nuanced as possible. Honestly, like, I don't think like, Oh, this, this it's guy's Keenan. Brazilian. This guy's Brazilian. He's trying to screw me. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, no, yeah. I don't know. It's a little, a little tricky. Keenan Cornelius would disagree with you. <laughs> well, also, also Keenan thought like we're, we were all going to die like six months ago and then the world was ending. And then, and now he's not wearing a mask anywhere in training. And now, he, and now he's opened up his gym and he's like freedom yeah. QP America. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Something Gordon Ryan's noticed. I uh, I've seen a few times. Oh, Gordon. Oh, you I, I, you're going to kill your I, grandparents, Keenan. What are you doing? <sighs> we're all going to die because of you. Way to go. Like, like, what's your take on um, his whole beef with Keenan now? Like, because like they, they were like training together for the longest time, and um, then they just went off on each other. Well, I know Keenan's been real kind of like whatever. I didn't do this, and then Gordon is being Gordon. Well, first of all, Gordon is Gordon provokes people. I mean, that's what he does. But I will say that I feel like I've noticed this is me being a social worker. Uh, I, I feel like there's, there's some built in resentment and jealousy with Keenan towards Gordon. Cause I think Keenan was kind of the guy for a while. He's having success. Gee, no gee. And then Gordon comes along almost at a left field and is suddenly getting all the attention. He's making a lot of money. And that's not to say that some things that Gordon says aren't just flat out obnoxious, but I do think there's an undertone of that with Keenan. Like it seems like he gets really salty about, Gordon's success a lot and it just sounds like he kind of I don't know it just sounds like in that training camp that they had together he sounded like he was pulling some kind of like weaselly stuff a little bit mm -hmm. and maybe maybe he you know Gordon's just calling him out on some of his bullshit a little bit but I do think there I do think some of what motivates that beef is there's a jealousy there um with Keenan and Gordon that's kind of my my sort of general take on it but um Gordon certainly doesn't pull any punches and takes, uh, you know, t doesn't uh, doesn't let Keenan get away with anything. That's for sure. I mean, no. okay, one example that I'll that I'll say that's fucking ridiculous. You want to talk about Keenan? So Keenan blocks him, and then recently unblocked him just so he could respond to a comment. And then when Gordon went to respond, he had blocked him again. Like it's just kind of like, come on, man. That's that's some pretty weak stuff right there. I think a little bit. So. Yeah, I, I, I read that whole Twitter or Instagram oh. battle that you're having. I'm like, I'm like, come on, man. And then he blocked them. And I was like, come on, you can't do that. You can't unblock. Like, that's the, that's the, like, like I hate to use the term, part. but that's, that's, that's a, that's a pretty big bitch move right there is what I, what I, was what I would say about Keenan. No offense to, you know, bitches or anything, but, yeah. um, <laughs> but it's like, yeah, he's very, Aaron's he not very offended. Sick. Don't worry. No, he seems no, like good. Keenan seems like the kind of guy that that will speak his mind, but then if he gets criticism for it, he just can't handle it a little bit. And like, yeah, he really I could see that he was coming down really hard on Gordon and them during the early part of the pandemic, which I understand. And I know things have changed. Like, I understand that more we we understand the virus more, but to then suddenly just without he's not wearing masks anywhere Keenan and now he's training again. Like everything's fine. Like it does seem kind of hypocritical, doesn't it? Eh, a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> just, just a, a little just bit. A just a little just bit. A touch. 
So, and, and I just, I've always felt like Keenan, he just has such a bitter, salty take on Nogi. Like if you hear him talk, he's like interviews where he says, you know, it's just leg locks and, and everybody, there's no guard work and everybody just comes up on single legs. It's kind of like, I mean, that's the equivalent of me being like, well, in the gi, it's just lapel shit and that's it. Like, clearly there's more to it than that, you know? So I don't, I don't really quite, the, the only explanation I can find is that he's just a bit bitter that someone's stealing maybe some of his thunder a little bit, you know? A little bit of that. I think also one of the things Gordon um, said as well is he took a lot of the stuff that they were learning and that they were showing him. Yeah. And then he, and then he monetized that on his website. And yeah. It's uh, I know jiu-jitsu is meant to be shared, but I can, I can see like, you know, like if a lot of those guys are working with him and teaching them their systems and then they're trying to sell them and monetize them themselves because they're exactly. trying to make a living as well. Exactly. Uh, Keenan basically does that and go, he puts all that stuff up on his website and then he's like, Hey, like, here's all the stuff I'm learning. I can see those guys being annoyed with that as well, because that's at the end of the day, if it's a business they're he's taking money out of their pocket. Right. And it's kind of, like I said, it's kind of a weaselly thing to do, you know, like the one thing I'll say about Gordon, think of him, say what you will about him. And I'm not like, I'm a fan, but a lot of stuff, like there's a lot of stuff that he gets into that. I'm just not, I'm like, I don't, you know, it's very immature, but he does seem like a very straight shooter. Like Gordon doesn't seem like the kind of guy who bullshits a lot. Like he'll tell you exactly what happened. And he often has proof to back it up with messages and stuff so i tend to believe his kind of account of it a little bit more because i don't i think gordon doesn't have any reason to lie about any of it i think gordon is just kind of like i think he's pretty like a straight shooter that way so i i do tend to believe him a little bit more than i would keenan on some of these issues but what are you, what's your guys take on that yeah no I, and i kind of i i kind of agree with you because like I don't see Gordon saying something because he's almost like, he's like I got nothing to lose. I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah, exactly. already doing yeah. this. I'm, I have X. I've done this. Where he's like, I'm going to say what I want to say and it's the truth and I'm not really going to play your bullshit game with you. Right? And it's just like him going after Hinner and then Hinner oh, walked oh him. God. And then it was like... <laughs> he's, yeah, he's so and again, like... Like what he what he even said about Keenan was like, yeah, you opened up a school down the block from Atos and after you yeah. left their association and then you stole their students and now you're taking their instructors and then that is this whole jujitsu X thing. And again, I I don't want to say something that uh, this is what it is because I don't know. Yeah, all we the don't research, know, but so I don't know. So I'm just saying what I see, right? And but that's what it looks like. Honestly, like if you look at it, it's like, yeah, because you know Keenan to get in the bulk of the money for sure. Like if it's his site, his design, he's monetizing it for sure. And so it's almost like that jab at Andre and it's like, okay, now you're getting all their instructors over there. That's kind of like a little weird and right and he kind of like and he, and he talks a lot of shit about the nogi game and uh, it's not that technical, but then he feels the need to go to Danaher's gym to learn stuff to then sell like how can both those things be true? If it's not that technical, then he clearly is doing it to make money. Yeah. He seems like the kind of guy that I don't know that I would trust all that. Well, like I think Gordon is probably almost loyal to a fault in a way. Like I think he'd be the kind of guy that would be like, you know, I'm with Danaher until I die sort of thing. Whereas Keenan seems like he's more the kind of guy that would go to gyms and contribute for sure. But also in the back of his mind, he's a, he's a calculated guy. 
So he's probably looking for exit strategies that can benefit him more in the long run, you know? Yeah, and I again, I don't, that. I don't, I don't know these guys. So this is, this is strictly my opinion. I'm not so trying what, to. So what you're saying is Keenan is a Creonch. What, what I'm saying, saying <laughs> is Keenan is a Cre- Keenan Cornelius, you right there. I actually kind of, me- I, I tried to message him once because uh, I replied to one of his comments. This kind of rubbed me the wrong way. It's just during ADCC, it drives me fucking crazy when everybody proclaims that it's not Brazilian jiu-jitsu, like it's everybody's like, oh, you know, he's like, it's when he went on the submission old, grappling. And, submission and it's like, wrestling. I get what they're saying, but it's like, then you can't, you can't say that that's not jujitsu. But then when Damian Maya fights in the UFC and chokes somebody out, suddenly it's Brazilian jujitsu. It's like, it's the same thing, you know? So, but Keenan said something like, Brazilian jujitsu has nothing to do with ADCC. Like literally he said something to that effect. Like, this is not B, BJJ does not apply here. And I'm like, ugh, come on, like get the fuck out of here. It clearly does to some degree. I understand but that it's a- <laughs> an overwhelming majority of the people that won ADCC yeah. are jujitsu practitioners. Yeah. And then people will say, well, to do with it. you mean they're submission wrestlers. That's what you're submission wrestlers. They're really exactly. good submission wrestlers who happen to be jujitsu yeah. black belts and world champions. Yeah. So that kind of stuff gets a little weird, but I like Keenan. I think like, I mean, I think, he's a he's an innovator man he's contributed so much to the sport and that's what's sad about it is he doesn't i think he's so intelligent and so creative and innovative he doesn't need to do that stuff but maybe there's just something in his personality a little bit but it's certainly made for interesting instagram stories (laughs) no for sure and like you said like he is he is contributing like and a lot yeah like I saw, I saw like some of the stuff that they're doing for the Jiu-Jitsu X series, like how they're taking angles and their filming capabilities and whatever, like they're doing things very well compared to, and again, not to knock BJ fanatics or anything like that, but no, like, you know, they're just basic videos that here's the thing. There's one angle and all that kind of stuff. Okay. I mean, it's all about innovating and getting better. So they're, they're contributing and it's just like, bro, just like show a little bit of like, personality with it i guess like just be nice about it don't have to be a dick all the time or like i don't know <laughs> yeah. it's just so yeah my take. I, I like I, I don't know him personally so i can't say what it is or anything like that but that's just the the vibe you get off of him and people are always like oh don't say that shit you'd never say that to their face i would say that to his face like i wouldn't be an asshole about it but i mean if, if he did, you're a creonch no i would just <laughs> like creonch I, I think i'm just calling a spade a spade like I, i'm not if if he messaged me back i would i would be happy to discuss it are you uh, upset that keenan ignored you and i am i'm a little message. hurt i mean <laughs> come on hurt. Come on, Keenan. I have like <laughs> 600 followers. What the fuck's wrong with you? You think you're better than me? <laughs> you think you're better than me, bro? You won't have a leg lock shootout? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I, I've had some ra- random exchanges. I, you know, like I, there was actually somebody on, uh, somebody on, uh, it's, I, was, I think it was uh, Mason Fowler. He started following us. So oh, I was nice. like, hey, you know, thanks for following. I want to see if I can get him on one day. I'll just, you know, shoot my shot, see what happens. Yeah, Let's man. See. Fuck. What do you so I message him I'm like, hey, like, uh, you know, hey, thanks for following. Like, he he liked the podcast. He's and he's like, hey, cool, appreciate it. He like liked our comment. And then uh, like a week later, he was um, they were doing like a pose. You know how everybody likes to pose like half naked after they train. And oh yeah, I'm like, big. I'm shirt big on off, that. shirt off, pants, everything. 
don't know. Yeah. I, you know, they, they do it. They do it, especially at, uh, you know, Aaron's affiliated gym. That's I was going to say, is that what Aaron, I've seen a lot of those with Aaron. That's for sure. Yeah, that's what we do. Sure. <laughs> it's got yeah. t- tasteful nudes starring Aaron. Tasteful Ball. nudes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but oh, so I, I messaged him and then, um, so I'm like, cause uh, yeah, I think he had like a big, like weight cut as well. So like he lost all this weight. I think it might've been for submission underground. And I'm like, and then he was standing beast, next to Kyle Terra. And I think I just, I was just being a smart ass. I messaged him. I'm like, I'm like, I, I can't tell who's smaller. You or Kyle Terra. Oh, and then bro. He, said, he said back, he's just dying laughing. Oh, good. Okay. He looked, he looked so emaciated and like, just like oh, yeah. sucked in and looked like, I don't know if he had like full blown AIDS or but like, yeah, that's a good that's a good illness to have when you're trying to cut weight. Full blown AIDS. <laughs> I have full blown. I have full blown AIDS. Full blown. Not, nor- not, AIDS. not normal AIDS. You got to have full blown AIDS. Full, full blown. blown AIDS. Speaking of Coyote, though, I met him at Cal in California at the Nogi Worlds last year. Fucking just salt of the earth, dude. Like the nicest fucking guy I've ever met. I was like, we sitting there like my buddy's trying to take a picture with him. And he's fucking it up. And Coyote is giving him tips on how to do a better selfie. Like, no rush. He's not. He's laughing with us. <laughs> okay, just like, guys, you got to look okay, like okay, this. Okay, guys. No, honestly, like, I met a bunch of people that weekend or that week. And, you know, some people you can kind of tell that they have a different personality than what they sort of put out on social media, you know? And, uh, but he was just, I, I was just, I was almost stunned at how just super cool he was. Like, you know what I mean? It was just, it was really cool. There's a lot of those people in the sport. That's what I love about it so much. Okay. So now can, can we have a section where we're just like, who's a BJJ person or like an MMA fighter you met? Who's just a complete dick. <laughs> oh boy. I don't like, Who have you I met in person? Like this guy's a dick. Like Kyle Terra cool. I haven't met. I, I can't say that anybody that I've met was like a straight up dick or anything, but one person that one person that I did meet that I got a really bad vibe from was Tom DeBlas. Um, he just, uh, okay. Oh, did and, he, did he try to write like a 17 page Instagram post? No, about like just, how he's like, a Ronin and he's like, no, but traveling like, the world. And I met like of all the people I met and I, I like, I'm not trying to, Talk, this is just the vibe I got. It's just like he, I know he posts a lot about, oh, be kind to each other about it. But when I met him, it was just like, there was just this really weird, like he wasn't in a rush, like he wasn't going anywhere, but it was just like he was kind of like, yeah, yeah, whatever kind of thing. And he had like a, like some like 17 year old chick on his arm. It was just really weird. I just got a really bad vibe from him. I just didn't feel, um, I don't know. Like nobody else I met was really like that. Like most, you know, who Boogie Martinez was so fucking nice. That guy was another guy that was just like um, super cool. Most people were, but Tom, Tom DeBoss does jump out to me a little bit as he wasn't mean to me. He wasn't an asshole. I'm not trying to say that. I just mean, it was kind of like, why are you, why are you bothering me? Kind of guy, which I didn't anticipate from him because he's like that. Mind you look, Hey, it's the world's maybe he had a million people come up to him and he was kind of like, I caught him at a bad moment, but I just, I got a really like negative vibe from him that kind of stuck with me for the week, you know, Aaron. And that's not something I wouldn't say that to his face though. Cause Tom will kill me. (laughs) He'll eat you. Aaron, who have you met? Who's a, just a dick. (laughs) See, here's the thing. Like I haven't, out of all the like MMA guys or stuff like I've never really met like a, a dick at all. Like like famous people. Like I've met a lot of people over the years I don't like that are assholes. I won't mention their names on them. They know who they are. 
But um, are we talking jujitsu <laughs> practitioners or just general uh, people? No, tell general. me about the guests. <laughs> tell me specifically guests that you've had on that were just total <laughs> the top five. The top, <laughs> top five, five people on this podcast <laughs> that Aaron can't fucking stand. Mike Top Breyers, Mike Breyers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Breyers. And, it, and it cannot include your co-host. <laughs> yeah. No, but um, like I met Shogun. Shogun was really, really nice. He was awesome. And it was, I met him in Milton. We was, I was in Rachel, my wife. She lived in Milton at the time we were driving around. And it's like, there was this banner. It's like Shogun Hua at um, this place. And I was like, Shogun, fuck, let's go here. Let's Drive fucking over go. And he's, he's doing autographs and all that. Met him. I met Mark Hammer. No, sorry, not no. Mark Coleman, Mark in Coleman, Ohio. Mark Mark Hammer, isn't that a porn star? Yeah. I thought, no, yeah. no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Hammer Coleman. That's why. Yeah. Like it can also be yeah, his porn name as well. I mean, yeah, exactly. He was really cool. Um, and I did meet Daniel Gracie. Daniel Gracie was like kind of like a little weird when I met him. Um, but I don't know if that was because after like uh, it was he he fought. Oh, this is when they had the Gracie Fight Championships. It was um, who? It was this tall guy. I'm trying to remember who he fought, but he um, he ended up like kicking the guy in the face, like when he was downed opponent. <laughs> oh <laughs> like, yeah, I'm trying to remember the fight now. I'm gonna look it up. You, another guy. I, I will say another guy that I met at the Worlds that kind of gave me a not a great vibe was Josh Hanger. Actually, ah, he seemed really uh really like like just a negative energy off of him and just really intense like i was just like hey can i have your and it was just like i had asked him for 500 dollars. so i was like whoa okay all right no <laughs> well, hey, hold work. on he's gotta eat hey he's still stuck under uh yeah Ryan's and it was like i was like oh i'm a huge fan of the podcast like i used to listen to matt burn podcasts all the time and uh and he just kind of was we're yeah. gonna have to edit that part out we don't we don't advertise them Okay. Yeah. Okay. Good. We're, we're I, just li- we I, I just listen to the. Your podcast, though, we're gonna we're gonna pimp yeah. that out like to no end. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I have to say, I've met some cool grappling people and MMA people, and they've overwhelmingly been just some of the coolest people I've met. Yeah. Like I would say most you, of my most. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. No. Most, no. Most, I was, most of my people, the people I've met, like jujitsu wise, that have been, you know, like the bigger names have been pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so I, I, a few years, like a few years ago, back like 2014, I was in, I was in San Diego. I lived there for three months. I was training with nice with a bunch of different people there. So um, Zach Maxwell is one of them. He, okay. uh, he's, he's faced Cron. He's faced a lot of like the top names. I trained with him regularly for a few months. He's super cool, laid back. Um, Kid, couldn't be a nicer guy, soft-spoken, but like just completely wrecked me every time I trained with him. Oh yeah, and, I, and I've also had the experience of training at Autos. So like I oh, met Keenan, like- I met Keenan, I met Galvao in person. Um, I don't think Josh Hinger was there at the time. I think he actually went there full time to train maybe a few months after I left. Nice. So um, I would say overall, the majority of the guys there, when I, in my experience there, were cool. There's actually um, the I'm not going to say JT Torres is a dick because he was getting ready for worlds. No, but, but here's my story. Here's my okay. story with JT Torres. I've, I've told a bunch of people. So um, I, I trained with him a couple times. He's actually like at, off the mats, not in class. He's super cool, super chill. Yeah. I've actually you know, met, messaged him back and forth on Instagram. He's super it's hilarious. But 
Like when he's, there's different like modes and tiers. And it, yeah, I think he was on a podcast one time where he's just like competition training between this time and this time. He's like, the I'm rules are you don't ask me questions. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> train yeah. is basically like his, his thing that he's telling people. So there was like a comp class, a couple comp classes I went to there. And um, so they're introducing people. Like we did some warm ups. who moved around and then like, I think I did a round with um, somebody there. I forget their name. Um, and then the next round, I'm like, I'm getting water. And then JT Torres goes, he's like, oh, hey, Mike, you want to roll? I'm like, oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, hang and on. I got the, I got diarrhea. I'll be right back. Pretty, pretty much. And then <laughs> we slap hands and go. And they're 10-minute rounds, so they're black belt oh, rounds. God. I'm a purple okay. belt at the time. And he's yeah. like, he basically just ran a fucking hole through me for 10 yeah. minutes. I have never been beaten down so badly in my entire life where, and like, he's going like, it's the Mundials. Like he's not taking any, it's like, Oh, this guy's visiting. Let's just roll. It's like, it's like about a month out from worlds. Like he's in a training camp. His, his yeah. goal is I'm a guy who's he's going to be competing against in a month. And he just beat the absolute shit out of me for 10 minutes. I'm sure like it actually felt like you were in a fight too, I bet. Like, Pretty much. Yeah. Like I think I came up on a single leg once and he literally just shoved my head and I just went, he just shoved it down, kicked Shoot. out. And then I think he double legged me from, there's like one side of the mats. <laughs> I felt like I was sprawling, but I don't think I was. I think I was actually physically up in the air at one point. He just drove through me into the mats. And at the end of the 10 minutes, I think he probably submitted me at least half a dozen times yeah. and it was like what's at one point it was like with stupid shit where i was just i'm framing on him like my hands are under here and then he just drops his body weight on my wrist when where i feel like i was gonna snap it in half he's like oh yeah you, just, you know be careful of your wrist and then slap hands <laughs> double leg again yeah oh yeah <laughs> it just completely pretty much just like i was a mop and he's just doing this yeah well <laughs> my buddy my went body to... across the floor my buddy went to train and it was kind of similar. I think he was kind of in the midst of a, a camp. I don't know if it was near ADCs. I can't remember, but he said the same thing. Super nice guy, but like on the mats, like he's all business. Like, and it's, he's throwing down. He doesn't give a fuck who you are. Like he's going as hard as he can. <laughs> and he's physically, and he's like gifted physically. Like there's a certain, like he was just saying like his pressure for his, he's not necessarily like a huge guy, but it was just no, like, he's not, I'm actually just, probably a good, four or five inches taller than him and like he's just he's he's so so freakishly athletic but like his pressure feels like yeah there's a a mountain driving into you and you can't stop it yeah that's what he said like it was just the best way to really describe it is just like it's an avalanche and you just can't it's like it's like the you know like in austin powers where he's gonna run over the guy with the steamroller (laughs) and the guy's going no (laughs) but you can see you can see it coming from like a half an hour away yeah. JT Torres is on the steamroller and I'm the guy going, no, but for some no. stupid reason, I can't get out of the way. <laughs> He's just repeatedly just running me over. Well, that's like then- the kind of the kind of strength you can, people can't understand because you look at somebody and I'm sure it's very similar when you fight Khabib in the cage where people are like, well, why can't they like other people wrestle? Why? But it's probably like you lock up with him and you're just like, what the fuck? Like, this is not normal. You know, this is like superhuman strength or pressure, you know? It's a different level. Oh, of pre- it's a different level of pressure. But then at the end of the round, he's like, hey, man, good job. Hey, <laughs> thanks for coming out, yeah. bro. Pretty <laughs> yeah. much. He was like, yeah, good job. And then uh, another person I met that was actually really nice was uh, Andreas Bernowskis. Okay. He, he teaches at uh, he teaches at Legion as well. 
super nice guy. Um, I've, I've trained with him a, a quite a bit as well. And pretty much like before a round, he's like, oh, well, now my fucking co-host just left. Way to go. He just Aaron. took off. Well, he's like, I'm I'm sick about, of he just pre-launched this podcast. Way to go. But uh, Andreas <laughs> yeah, is also uh, talking the whole time. Andreas is also super nice as well. I think he's one of the people who doesn't get a lot of the credit that he deserves as well, where, you know, he's come up with a lot of the lapel guard variations as well. And he's, He's also a very gifted teacher, very smart, very intelligent, very, uh, very good at getting like his point across and yep. um, he's extremely talented on the mats as well. Yeah, no, I mean, you know, who I've actually really always liked was Andre Galvao. He just was a very like, uh, you know, just a really cool guy. Like I always kind of liked the vibe he had, you know, especially for like a big, a big successful guy. You know, I've met other people that, they're not that they're mean but he just seems i don't know i just had a good vibe i've always liked him more than uh some of the other big names aaron you there you alive you drunk oh yeah, yeah, I'm here. Just... i got you i got you guys his dial up went yeah, down there for a minute yeah, that better <laughs> aaron did you pay your internet bill <laughs> <laughs> I did. Internet bill has been paid. You need, you need to take some of that CERB sponsorship money, and you need to start paying your, your your internet bills on time. He's, he's I, tell, on that I tell Rachel internet. all the time. I keep telling Rachel. Every Rachel, time. I need I need my allowance. <laughs> I need to pay for this podcast. <laughs> it's okay. I do the same thing with my wife. Cat, I need money for stuff. <laughs> I told you to pay the fucking internet bill. Oh my god. Meatloaf! Meatloaf! Where's the fucking meatloaf? Oh my god. Rachel, where's the fucking internet and the meatloaf? I'm sure that would go go over well at the Gall House. Yeah, he, he just had to turn listen to these podcasts. He had to turn off his connection so he could yell at his wife. And then he's back on. Oh my god! Dude, oh, so that's hilarious. Abusive, oh abusive husband. Uh, oh, no, I, you know what? No, another person like when you say like up there was like I met um Henzo. Henzo oh, okay, was amazing. Yeah. Was he? Yeah, I went to heard... New York one time, and that was uh, he happened to be there. He, was, he wasn't teaching the class. Igor was teaching the class, but um he happened to walk on the mat and he was helping people out. Like he was a really nice guy, and obviously I was a blue belt at the time so it was pretty fun so it was like just uh, who was also there like johnny grupo was there oh, a bunch shit. of other guys okay. were there i didn't see danaher at that time i don't think he was really training like at those classes at the time so it might have been a pro class he was still a bouncer in new zealand back then <laughs> <laughs> probably with a full <laughs> luscious head of hair i love that danaher always seems to throw in the humble brag all the time about how he was a bouncer choking people out like there was a post he just put out now or it's like oh, that's I kind of that. that's like his little weird flex where he's like back when i was a bouncer it's like just so you know i used to be a badass kind of thing you know what i mean i love that yeah I used to be yeah, kind of a no. big deal in the New York used City nightclub scene. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh my god. Or in the uh the, the rural areas of New Zealand where he's making New Zealand whey protein. <laughs> Canadianprotein.com promo code choke get ten percent off. <laughs> oh shit. I'm gonna take advantage of that. Jeez. I'm, I'm Hell a, yeah. Yeah, fuck, man. 
Aaron, have you worked, you've worked in all our, see, I like to personally work in sponsors as we're going and just try to, I'm all about that whey protein, man. All about, well, you should go on to canadianprotein.com and use promo I'm go- code I'm, joke and get I'm 10% gonna, off. I'm, I'm actually going to do that, man. I'm serious. Get, get some gains see, in your bicep. I love too. that. I'm all about that New Zealand way too. That's the, that's the gold standard, man. Yeah. Gold standard. See, Michael, that was a good ad read. You brought that in very well. You want to get them gains in your bicep veins. (laughs) Unfortunately, there's nothing you could do about Aaron's hairline on there. You you ruined it. You had it really good, and you just ruined it. You don't do that. Promo code Joe, 10% off, CanadianProtein.com. Yeah, the hairline's receding because the uh, New Zealand guys spike the the way with some testosterone there, so... Exactly. Just exactly. <laughs> You're gonna piss hot at the IBJJF tournament. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh well. Let's what be if... honest, Paul. Who isn't gonna piss hot? At the oh, buddy. Tournament? You know what? I, I was actually kind of pleasantly surprised when I was there last year because, especially at Nogi, there just didn't seem to be quite as many ridiculously jacked people around. I'm pretty. They got oh, really? one of the guys I competed against for sure was on steroids. Like it was just I'd seen like um. He'd, he, I saw pictures of him like a year or two earlier and he was, he looked like, he just looked like a, a twig and now his voice is deeper and he's all red and he's got like traps. I'm just mm. like, get the fuck it. And he was like mutant strong, but I was just like, whatever. I just assume people yeah. are going to be on He steroids. just started working out more. That's it. He just, like, yeah, he just, he's, you know he what it was? It was that New Zealand waves taken from Canadian protein. <laughs> from Canadian protein. If you want to have traps like that, you need to go use promo code choke and get them. I, I take more pleasure in trying to beat people that are that are enhanced because like I'm just naturally have terrible genetics. So it's kind of like a <laughs> you just lost to this fucking guy. All right. When <laughs> they get the testosterone of a 90 year old. <laughs> so go fuck yourself. And then oh, insult yeah. the injury. You're going to start playing. You're going to start playing, uh, playing at their. I'm going to serenade. Yeah. Oddly enough, he hired me to play his bar mitzvah the week after. It's pretty weird. It's cool. <laughs> one of my favorite lines was when uh kyle tara was like okay here's to all the guys doing steroids eh when they interviewed him for the um hey. 21 worlds yeah yeah oh buddy oh, i i do admire people more like that i mean it's hard to tell just from eyeballing people but like i've always just never thought that kyle tara was on shit or even like i really like lachlan no. giles and he i don't think he's on shit but uh, they're probably the only two in the game <laughs> right now that I could, you know. Yeah, I think Mikey Musumeci's doing all of the steroids. Mikey right Musumeci's on all of them. Yeah, yeah he's, he's on, on yeah. all of them. Which ones? The answer? All of them. All of them. Yeah, Mikey's gassed the fuck up. Oh my god. Yeah, it's it's cr- like, what do you guys make of that in the sport? Like, I just it seems to run rampant, and it's like you hate to just use the eyeball test, but it's like. You know, when you look at some guys and in a year, they just literally are become mutants. And that's not impossible. That's not impossible. Like I, I've, I trained at Parabellum. I used to train at Parabellum. I should say with a lot of MMA athletes, just really genetically gifted and they're, they're in great shape, but there's just a different look you kind of tend to get a little bit, you know, than, than some of these people. So I would, do you think it's a real problem and do you think it, we really need to test more or you just kind of like, ah, whatever it's jujitsu. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of like I'm in between right because yeah. obviously when it becomes like money involved and all that kind of stuff and yeah. so like I think it's like if you're gonna make it where 
some guys can, if you can, if you can do it, fine. And then just make the same rules for everybody. And that's, you can take stuff. I can take stuff. If I decide not to take stuff, that's a different story. Right. Um, I don't know. Like when money gets involved, that kind of screws everything up. Right. Yeah. If it's, if there's no money involved, then it's like, yeah, like, I don't know. I, I'm kind of there's no money involved. It. Do all of the drugs. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's basically like, Aaron's like, message. <laughs> yeah like if there's money involved i think you need to test i think you need to you have to make sure that everybody's on the same playing field especially in a competition that big but like if we're talking like and i don't want to call worlds like amateur it's not because it is like when you get the black belt level that is professional right should we be testing white belts and blue belts who fucking cares not the right? white belts <laughs> why waste the money on the white belts <laughs> right all white like, belts matter no, too there's no white there's, belt lives matter there's, too there's no sense that there's no sense in testing the blue belts because they're all going to quit anyway so we should just yeah. to, we should just do the the purple brown and black well did they, they just test black and brown right or yeah they and everybody now no because the the last year at nogi worlds was the first year they did at nogi and they only test pretty much the black belt men's and women's like i think okay, they just because so, it's expensive like that's yeah it's I don't not think cheap. They're, they're not gonna waste time on old farts like me out there you know uh and no one's gonna look at me and want to test me anyway but um i don't know are they <laughs> well i think <laughs> I think that's what I think that's where you're going to get mo like more of the masters division. That's where I think yeah. you're going to get guys that are going to have more PRT central. Well, that's the weird that's the weird thing. Them. Well, that's the weird loophole right? now because it's like if you are older, like TRT's rampant now in North America. So it's like you could legally be on it, but then you'd also test you'd go over because you're artificially yeah. pumping your So it's a weird you know, a weird thing yeah. to be involved with. It's like the Listen, old MMA days. Get that TRT exemption. That uh, yeah, <laughs> that I, I'm depressed. I need I need my TRT. <laughs> yeah. TRT Vitor was an unstoppable killing machine. Yeah. Like that Sonnen. man was a monster. TRT Belfort was unbelievable wrecking machine Come well on. first of all first of all i think when we say trt people aren't actually that's not trt that man was just full-blown blasting his steroids <laughs> there was nothing there was no therapy there it was just straight no, no was that was his therapy I, that was actually his therapy it was just blasting all of the drugs Chael oh Sonnen, same thing. Stayed, like as soon as he went on TRT, undefeated, never yeah. lost a round. The best, undefeated, the best, undisputed. The, the best was when he in the he's like, "Look, man, I got to take this stuff, or I'm going to die." He's like, "My doctor says <laughs> if I don't take this, I'm going to die." <laughs> it's like the best, the, I think that my favorite all-time Chael Sonnen moment was he was on. Um, What's that sports show with? It's on Fox New. It's like on the Fox Sports Network, but like he was he was on there regularly, and somebody was interviewing him, and then he was talking about um, I think one time that hey he's like you know what he said the reason he said something kind of messed up so like he basically I'm gonna chill yeah chill I know <laughs> yeah he basically paraphrasing he's like listen like the reason why Lance Armstrong got cancer because oh, of all the drugs he was doing and all of that and, and then oh. so he said that it, it, he said it in like kind of like in a negative way and then as opposed to getting cancer in a positive way in a positive way of course but <laughs> so then the host is like kind of, he's trying to call him out on it he's like no chael like there's this quote with you saying this 
And he's and then like Chael's just like, oh shit, I was trolling. What do I do? He just goes like pure denial mode. He's like, no. He's like, I never said that. Like that that was misprinting. He's like, well, I actually have a clip of you saying that <laughs> on it on the air. So they play the clip of him. And then and then he's just like, well, fuck. Like they have a clip of me saying that. And he just keeps denying. He's like, he's like, you know what? That's not me. That was um I, that guy actually does a really good impression of me. He sounds kind of <laughs> yeah. Mexican, but yeah. he's, he's so but, no, but no, that, that's not me. Like Lance Armstrong is my friend. I would never say that. Oh my and God. then and then they hang up. He completely duped the guy. Oh. He's like, oh wow, okay. Well, and then they report like uh, they do like a retraction and everything. Meanwhile, he fucking said the whole thing. He's so ridiculous. That guy's like, like I don't. Ch- Ch- Chael Sonnen is actually a convicted felon. Like, it's like the guy is like, I just think he's a compulsive liar, but I mean, it's entertaining as hell to listen to. But, um, oh my God, he's too funny, man. That guy. He's done pretty well for himself after getting popped for all those steroids. Eh? He's kind of come out the other side looking pretty good over in Bellator with his submission underground and the whole Paul, bit. Oh, listen. They got him on a bad day. Those were his low numbers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Bro. It's yeah. like when I tested positive and I was five to one, I told the person who tested me, you got me on a bad day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, yeah. God. I do. Miss, melt, I, if you're not melting the cup, it's I, not, I, you're not taking enough. I do miss the steroid days, though. Like, not that they're stop, no, not that they're still not here, but in MMA, when it was just like the Wild West, like everybody looked like a superhero. You know what I mean? And it was just oh, like, yeah. just hard now, work. It's hard work and dedication. Now there's it's all, it's now there's this. more there's more dad bods in the UFC than I ever thought I'd see in my life. You know, it's kind of like, oh, that's what these guys look like normally. All right. Oh yeah, it's crazy if you like if you watch some of like again like I was watching what was it uh, Cerrone and Pettis uh, fight I guess it was on a couple of UFCs ago or whatever yeah. and if you had seen these guys like five years ago all yeah. of them are just like jack shredded look yeah. awesome fast the whole deal and then you watch these guys fight now and they got again they're old older guys they're in their 35 36 years old and it's like yeah you could see the change in their body 100 percent. testosterone levels are down they they don't look as jacked as they used to their stamina is down the way they take yeah. the punch is different it's just like it's crazy well it's a guy that a guy that i always thought too that never his body looked a lot different there were a lot of these guys but pattis looked he always looked a little weird after USADA came in, like never, never quite as jacked. Mm-hmm. And he just wasn't the same fighter. It was kind of sad to see in a lot of ways, but not to say that he was on stuff, but it kind of, it looked sort of like that. You know, there was a lot of sudden, once USADA came in, there was sort of a lot of careers just went down the shitter <laughs> pretty fast. Oh, yeah. you know? with, the, with that said though, I know there are a lot of people clearly probably abusing the process, but there are a lot of, you know, cause if you're having concussion issues and, like if you're getting punched in the head a lot, that can actually damage a lot of like your hormone pathways. Like, so yeah. you're damaging your pituitary, that's going to create a big domino effect of uh, cascading down to like your testosterone levels are going to get affected and all that. So, I mean, it, it is, it, it is like a good therapy, but with that said, obviously with, you know, some of the examples that we've listed, there are some people that were probably taking a little bit more than others. You know what also ruins your testosterone is when you take testosterone for most of your life and then suddenly have to stop <laughs> that'll that'll just your balls aren't going to bounce back so well i would venture to say and i'm this is just my opinion but i'd venture to say most guys i i doubt a lot of them had low t because of 
head trauma as much as it was probably they abused it in the past and suddenly couldn't use it anymore. Yep. And they just, you know, because a lot of those guys are going to have to be like when they're done fighting, they're going to have to be on it probably for the rest of their lives. Like a Vitor, there's no way Vitor is ever going to recover. He's probably been blasting testosterone and all kinds of hormones since he was like 18. You know, so oh, he has like, I yeah, mean, if you so, ever see some of the like when he fought Randy Couture when he was yeah. like 19, he was fucking massive. He was like 225 yeah. pounds of jack fucking muscle. So, so like, I'm sure I'm sure that was rough for him. Like that's that'd be an interesting piece that we don't talk about. But like following these guys that were on this stuff for so long and then suddenly you can't use it anymore. Like, I mean, basically, I, I would probably believe he'd probably for the rest of that second half of his career there was probably competing with very low testosterone because he it probably just never bounced back. You know what I mean? So I would be interesting. So. So yeah. yeah, but it's what a what a freak show that guy was though. He was blasting, holy shit! Oh, fuck. oh my god! No. Wow, look at that transformation. He's gained thirty pounds of muscle in three months. What the hell pounds, is he? Yeah. Wow, I want I want to work with that guy's strength and conditioning coach. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, I remember seeing this one photo where it was um, Ben Johnson, and it was oh, old, poor Ben. It's like so like again 1981 so a picture of ben johnson working out and all that kind of stuff and again he looks like this standard runner that probably like everybody did back then and then it was the summer of the olympics of 1982 where he is just jack like <laughs> yeah. super he was the, jack. He was the uh, 88 olympics 88 sorry i messed up the, the dates but just stupid jack and the unfortunate thing for that that poor guy is that Every single one of those guys in that race would have pissed hot. Every single one of them. So yep. they they popped him for sure. But everybody, every single person in that line was going to get tested positive. And they just yeah, never tested I always them. I always felt like what I said kind of when you said that I kind of was like, oh poor Ben, because I feel like he got scapegoated pretty hard. Like I think so too. Oh, 100%. I mean, I think didn't didn't Carl Lewis end up getting busted later on? Yeah, for he, he steroids got busted and amphetamines and, right? and, and like they're all they were he, all. He was taking a whole thing. bunch of stimulants. Technically, yeah. they actually uncovered that the USA team tested him before that Olympics, and then he had positive tests, <laughs> and they kind of sort of just you know here's ah. the rug, we're gonna sweep it under. Okay, go in a gold medal kid and we'll uh, we'll take care of this later kind of thing. I wonder like did somebody rat Ben Johnson out or something like that? Do you think did somebody there, tip them off there, or why why There was the a way? 30 for 30 like ESPN did a bid on it basically yeah. and there was um there was obviously again I don't I don't I'm paraphrasing here so I don't know the whole story but there was a whole debate where it was like did you the the samples being switched or like did you oh did you actually make sure that you had, they had the right sample or something like that. And there was like, maybe I did, maybe I did not Right. And they didn't really reveal who it was. So there's a whole 30, 30, uh, 30 for ESPN special on it, yep. on that entire race. But that uncovers basically the entire line pissed hot. So basically, every nobody should have been awarded the gold medal, but for, I think it's still Carl Lewis. Isn't it would have been. Carl it would have. Yeah, it would have been. Rad. It would have been the only white guy in the race would have won by default. <laughs> 
<laughs> after, yeah, after coming basically. in 11th, <laughs> after coming in 11th, be like, I'm the, I'm the 1988 gold medalist. What was your time? 14 seconds. <laughs> 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 what? <laughs> yeah, it's, just like, it's like Aaron gets his gold medal. Like, yeah, yeah, I wish. Yeah, 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 <laughs> I don't know how I'd feel <laughs> about that. Like, imagine you did jujitsu and like you finished like, sixth or something in a tournament it's like a big tournament and then everybody pisses hot and like five years later you get a gold medal you'd be like oh, right, i guess yeah wow, this is awesome thanks <laughs> that yeah you're telling your kids about it when you're old. how how did you do you're like oh i got choked out six times wait what <laughs> how did you win ah oh, it's a long story don't worry about it <laughs> Oh my god! I played the game. I I, I played was, the game. It, was, it really wasn't fair competition. I never would have got. I never would have got choked out. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Oh. I think at the at, at the end of the day, though, I I think this is an issue that is not just in jujitsu. I think this is like widespread in sports. Like, look at the Olympics is a perfect example. There's still like uh, watch um, yeah. a big documentary on this is Icarus with. Uh, oh yeah great documentary it, it basically covers a lot of like a lot of the drug testing how they cover things up um great documentary for those it's on netflix check it out uh netflix is unfortunately not a sponsor but one day you're gonna have to beat that dreams. out <laughs> you're gonna have to bleep that out later make sure to check that out on boop. <laughs> no but I mean, I guess, yeah, the, the problem I find for these organizations is just that, like, if you actually want to do proper testing, it's just so expensive. Like, even yeah. if the IBJJF, and they make plenty of money, because I know that's what they do, but it's like, if they were going to hire USADA and test, like, it would just be unfeasible. Like, you, my understanding is that the tests that they run are very, very expensive. And so it's kind of like, it's almost... I was happy to see them at least do this in a way that at least the threat is there. You don't know who's going to get tested. You're probably not because they just can't do everybody, but you know what I mean? You just get your number mm -hmm. called that day and that, look at it happened to Paulo meow once or twice, I think. So it's like, yeah. it's a good deterrent to at least, I don't think you can police the sport without a real massive financial investment. Um, I would like to see it to a degree like in ADCC because ADCC just seems like it's over the top. <laughs> like I feel like sure everybody's blasting. And it was interesting because I talked to Lachlan Giles and he was just like, he's like, I, he doesn't like it because he's like, look, like I can't train that much because he's a natural. He's like, I train like two hours a day. He's like, I can't train four five six he's just i can't do it i won't recover so he's like yeah, i'd love his joints and everything are just yeah. gonna break down well, like, and he's and he's and he's in his 30s too right like he's not you know he's not old but he's not like a lot of these guys are 24 like i i i talked to him and like all the guys he beat were like 22 25 21 so it's like that 10 year gap can be pretty significant so mm -hmm. i do feel for people like that because it's like if you don't want to go down that road it, it does put you at a pretty significant disadvantage, not necessarily the day of, I suppose. It still does it, the day it, of. It's, it's all the training, though. It, it's all yeah, that, all it's, that time on the mat that you can't yeah, have, right? Exactly. It's like, you know, like he said, maybe he would get double or triple the amount of training. In. And obviously, I know everybody's argument when people are on steroids is like, well, look, I had to put the work in. Of course you did. I, I've never, I don't accuse people of being on steroids that I'm saying you're lazy. 
but you're able to do more. And yes, you need that work ethic, but you still have the advantage because if you do have the work ethic, now you can do twice the work or triple the work. So it's like, it's, it's still an unfair advantage, you know, just because yeah. you still have to put the work in doesn't mean that it's not unfair, you know? So, so I don't know, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I know what you're saying. Right. And it, it comes into that, that whole play. Cause it, again, it is unfair. Like any way you slice it yeah. and cut it, it, you've been given an unfair advantage right now. Again, it just depends on means. And again, I just look at it as like the long-term effects. And again, there's enough evidence based on long-term effect I, I understand drugs are better nowadays than they were before and people understand how to cycle differently than they did before but i still think you're putting yourself in a big issue down the road i know people say like, i don't care about it right now i'll deal with it when i deal with it but i just think that's a bad way to look at it yeah i mean i think that i think there's some controversy there like it's they're probably not it depends on what you're doing. I don't know that they're as dangerous as everyone's like, oh, you're going to fucking die of a heart attack. You could because they're not good for your cholesterol profile and all that kind of stuff. But even without even without the the real serious risk, I mean, it's like it's a pretty significant thing to do to your body. Like you said, you don't know what's going to happen and you may be stuck on them for the rest of your life because you can't get mm -hmm. off of them, you know. But it's just sad that you'd have to go down that road if you didn't want to, because you felt compelled in a sport, you know, and I, yeah. I have less of an issue with it in jujitsu because it's not MMA. Like MMA to me is it's more serious because the damage factor, right? Like to me, yeah. it's just more of an ethical thing in jujitsu because it's not fair, but in, in MMA, like that's probably the most like egregious use of them because it's like, look at Vitor, like he's you know he beat the shit out of maybe people like bisping or whatever whose eye was never the same or yeah just these these amazing techniques like that spinning kick against like luke rockhold that he's just not going to be able to really he's not going to have the same explosiveness and he's able to hurt yeah. people and that's where i yeah, really right. have oh, an yeah. issue with it so yeah i just but you know i know life isn't fair it's just you know i would like to see some of these organizations at least you know, put the threat out there that you might get tested. Nobody's saying you got to test everybody, but even in, in ADCC, just say, look, we're going to do random testing. Might be 10 people, might be two, but you, you better, you just never know, right? You just never know. You just never know. <laughs> we're going to do, we a random, see. we're going to do a random test on this uh, podcast as well, too. We're going to see who pisses hot <laughs> on this, on the podcast. <laughs> I mean, two, 200 to one, you caught me on a bad day. It should have been 500 Oh, buddy, one. everybody, my doctor was even like, hey, do you want to, do you want to fucking, do you want to do TRT? And I'm kind of like, no, nah, not really, bro. Like, I don't, yeah. like, I don't know, man. Like, I don't know if I want to be on this for the rest at least, of my life. At least your doctor's looking out for your best interests. What's his name? Send him to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I am, I am 42 as well. So there's that factor, but, um, no, I don't know, man. It's just become so I, I have some pretty strong opinions on it in general, because I think I think TRT is just over prescribed. Like, I think it, it's a big it's big business now. And every guy thinks, oh, yeah. I'm tired. I'm tired and I have a lower sex drive. Therefore, I need testosterone when really it's probably your lifestyle shit. <laughs> you probably are fat and don't exercise. And, you know, start there and then see. How yeah, you feel. I, I have a friend. I have a friend on it right now and he he looks terrible. Like he doesn't like, everybody's like, Oh, you're going to get jacked and shredded. It's like, I look better than him. And I don't, you know, 
and and that's not I'm not bragging. <laughs> that's, you know, that's not a, that's I not am a, brag. a much more handsome man than he is, <laughs> yeah. and I don't even lift. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, it's just like one of those things. I hate to see guys get get sort of swept into it. I mean, it's it's a great tool if you need it, but everybody thinks it's the fucking fountain of youth when it may not be. You know. So. Yeah. Cocaine, on the other hand, I'm all for that. That's, yeah. Yeah. That's, the, fountain, that's the fountain of you. <laughs> <laughs> Making you young again. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I, you know what? I think we should get into some cocaine stories, but I think we okay. save that for another podcast. Yeah, that we'll do. We'll just do a separate cocaine-related podcast. <laughs> oh my god! Oh fuck! Drugs, not um, even once. <laughs> Man, I, I'm just looking at the. We've been going for an hour and 45 minutes. This is good. Yeah, man. I, whatever. Yeah, I'm, I've been here for an hour and 43 of them. Yeah, Mike's been here. <laughs> it's been an hour and 45 minutes. Mike's been here for about 25, 30 minutes of that. So. Oh, yeah. hey guys, you guys are doing a podcast. <laughs> yeah. Just did you have any? Yeah, did you? Have, did you have other questions you wanted to get to, or did you want to? I'm up for whatever you guys no, want. Like. To do. Um, no, like if there's, um, if anything, I'd, l- I'd rather save some stories for uh, next time we decide to sure, do uh, yeah. another collaboration, if you don't mind. Oh, dude, I think we, yeah. I had a blast. Like, this is awesome. So I think, no, man, this is great. It's fun to like, I like doing the podcast, but it's kind of more fun when there's like, you know, other people bouncing in and just having a chat as opposed to like an interview. You know what I mean? It's kind of fun yeah. to do this. So I'm, I'm really grateful you guys wanted to do this. So thanks for. Thanks for thinking of me on this. So no, this is a great no, collabo. No. We uh, we appreciate your time. And uh, if things don't work out with this podcast, can I be your co-host? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Speaking of uh, speaking of uh, jumping around uh, gyms and uh, training with other people, can I? Gonna, can I? <laughs> yeah, Creon choking hazard. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Oh it's my okay. god. Yeah, man, for sure. Anytime, brother. Oh my god! <laughs> Excellent. Is there um, anybody you want to shout out or sponsors you want to do before you we punch it out? Oh no, not really. I just want to give a shout out to all the people that have been training with me during lockdown, helping me stay sane, and just give a shout out to to PJ and Pura. We're we're down and out. The gym's closed, but I'm I'm kind of hoping that when things uh, settle, that we may be able to bring it back in some way. So, but uh, thanks for having me on, guys. You guys are doing great. So just keep keep doing the podcast it's it's cool to see so many people like just bringing different personalities from the community on and so there's so many great people and stories so it's really cool so uh you guys are killing it and thanks thanks for having me on it's it's been it's been a lot of fun man no i appreciate you coming on i do appreciate that um again like i said we want to do this again so we'll pick a time and date and we'll uh, hopefully yeah. we'll have some more shit to talk about and for sure we'll definitely man. get it going I'll get some more Tom to blast stories. That... Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got uh, a lot of time now. Slide into his we'll DMs and see what he says. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Tag him in that post. Maybe he'll send me a free DVD yeah. and be like, exactly. bro, I'm so sorry. I had diarrhea that day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think we'll end on that. Yeah, we'll you end never know, you could have had diarrhea that day. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'll take I take it all back, Tom. I'm you sorry. You never know. Yeah, exactly. Sorry, I was a dick, man. Yeah. I had we really bad we're diarrhea. Just, that day. <laughs> we're just we're just tired. We're just shooting the shit here. I don't know. I don't know what that All right, guys. That was a lot of fun, man. Yeah, just send me um send me what right. you got later on and uh I'll, hopefully I can post it up too. Appreciate your time. Yeah, anytime, guys. Yeah, yeah, awesome. no, absolutely.
Thanks, buddy. All right, guys. Take care. We'll talk to you later. Okay. Have a good one, guys.